Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shining Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Hello, welcome to the Shining Brightly Show. It's Howard Brown. It's your maestro. It's your holiday maestro. We're here right before Thanksgiving, and um, you'll hear this episode a little after as we head into the holiday season, but I've got an unbelievable guest, as I always do, but welcome, Tanya Belagin. Uh, hard to pronounce your name a little bit, but you'll correct me. Um, welcome to the show. So happy you're here. Thank you so much, Howard, for having me. It's Tanya Belagin. Belagin. Is that French or what, what, what is Canadian that? Canadian French, yeah. French, Canadian. All right. So I was there a little bit there. Well, thank you for that. So uh, I'm just so ha- happy to have you on the show because uh, you and you and I have a lot of alignment there, and uh, we're we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, let me introduce you a little bit uh, to the audience here. And so I want to tell you, Tanya is on a mission to help millions of people revolutionize their cancer journey, moving them from mere survival to full on thriving. Oh, I love that because we're all trying to kind of ball of clay, trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, she's your go-to guide for helping cancer survivors adopt a winning mindset, build a powerhouse support team, explore effective alternative wellness modalities, but that are working hand-in-hand with your oncologist treatment plan, and she is determined to help vanquish the fear, reshape your mindset, unleash your inner warrior. Your goal? To help not just have you endure, but flourish. With her by your side, you are not thriving cancer. You are conquering it. That's incredible. It's just incredible. That's, you know, people need that. And um, from uh, me personally, being a, a, a two-time stage four cancer survivor, we're just trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again and um, put together our lives. Some people, it's just getting one step out of bed each day. Other people are running marathons and everything in between. Right, Tanya? Absolutely. Yeah, so you share go at your own pace. Exactly. So share something uh, outside that bio that uh, that we might not know about you that you want the audience to hear. I I will be celebrating 17 years in March, cancer free. Whoa, that gets an amen and a, and and a hallelujah. Oh my God, that's terrific. 17 year survivor in March. Um, that's just that. That's the goal is to keep on living. Yes. You know? Oh, thank you for sharing that. That that's absolutely uh, incredible and a testament to your mental toughness and your uh, you know your your well being and as well as being able to uh, just power through and build your life back up again. It's just beautiful. And so uh, let's let's dive right in. So take take me back to uh, about March of two thousand and seven, and March twenty seventh, two thousand and seven. The date, yeah. So let's start there. What's what's going on there? So uh, a friend of mine took me to my doctor appointment. I, you know, she just knew she knew I had no idea. Right. And my doctor said the the dreaded words, nobody wants to hear you have cancer. Her lips moved, but I didn't hear anything else because I was just overwhelmed by the news. Right. Like nobody expects that diagnosis. Even if you think you have it, you just kind of stop in your tracks. 
So t- tell everyone what your diagnosis was. A carsosarcoma of the uterus. So a lot of people don't know, but a healthy uterus is only four ounces. When they ended up taking mine out, it was over 10 pounds. So that was filled with fluid and tumor. Yeah. Wow. Now, were you at a gynecologist or were you at a lady doctor? Were you at your, uh, who, who, who gynecologist. you were. And they, 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 they take out a sample. It goes to pathology and, and right away they knew what your diagnosis uh, oh, was. Absolutely not. So for me, um, it, there were no markers in my blood. My pap smear came back fine or inconclusive. They did uh, ultrasound, the transvaginal ultrasound. All of that came back fine or inconclusive. They did what's a, called a sonohistogram, where they inflate the uterus with saline and then image. That came back inconclusive. They actually had to do a DNC. They had they had to scrape the uterine lining to find the cancer. And there was over 10 pounds of cancer in my body. Incredible. Everybody assumes, right. Everybody assumes the markers are in the blood. Not always. Not always. No, that, that is true. Uh, I, I can tell you with colorectal cancer, uh, you know, the of uh, the big tell is blood in the uh, stool. And um, I had none of that. Um, none of that at all. So I, I had maybe a little irritable bowel, some cramping, but nothing that bothered me. I just went on with my day. So uh, sometimes they don't know until they go in, right? I, I was not told until my colonoscopy. So, uh, you know, getting that, waking up from the colonoscopy going, uh, doc's everything okay? No, <laughs> I found something. And when I find something, it's really, really bad news. So you're sitting in the doctor's office. Your girlfriend is stunned. You're, you didn't, you didn't hear the, what they said when you finally got the diagnosis? After she said that I had cancer, I didn't hear anything else that she said, but my friend happened to be uh, an RN. So she was able to catch all, all of the information. And when we got back to her house, she sat me down in her, um, her room and uh, she said, okay, today is the day that you're allowed to be mad at God, have all the hissy fits that you want, scream, be depressed, do all, all of the, that right now. But tomorrow morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to kick cancer's butt. Wow, that's a good friend. What's her name? Her name is Madeline. Let's shout out to Madeline because that's a beautiful friend and a beautiful care partner to at least uh, sit you down. In fact, that she's an RN and have training and all that um, because uh, cancer diagnosis is confusing. It's complex. Uh, it's life changing. And uh, my friend, I will share that uh, Lee Silverstein is a, a fellow stage four uh, colon cancer, and he ran a podcast over 200 episodes called We Have Cancer, because it's not just you, it's your family and it's your friends. And we, we as a community have cancer. So you know that very, very well. Now, you um, did they schedule you right for surgery or did you do other treatments first? Or did you have to do chemo or radiation? The the first thing was the hysterectomy. Six okay. weeks after the diagnosis, I had a, a total hysterectomy. The surgery ran long sure. because I'm overweight. The the gynecologist had a had a problem, but um, no complications. I did make it through. Okay. And then I had an, an appointment with an oncologist, and he talked about a chemotherapy radiation sandwich. And I literally looked at him and I said, I'd I'd rather have the tuna. That sounds disgusting. Right. Um, but obviously we we went ahead and did that. Uh, most chemotherapy, everybody understands that you go into like a little room and you have an IV 
Right. And it's you you go and you leave, right? For me, um, the cisplatin, the the treatment was I was actually going to have to have what's called rescue drugs before, during, and after the chemotherapy. And because because of how long that took, I actually had to be inpatient for four days a month for, for my treatments. So I did three of those and then I took a little break and then I had five and a half weeks of radiation took a little break and then had another three rounds of chemo. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> sure. I, I, I guess <clears throat> the fact is, is that, wow. First of all, the, uh, this is platinum is very toxic. Um, I know that for sure. Cause I've had it. Um, it's very toxic. And also then uh, radiation, which I've had full body radiation as well. No fun. Um, and you're doing this as an inpatient because they're doing it as slow drip and they're actually preparing your body to take it and then also uh, to prepare to actually deal with it while it's inside of you. And your job is actually to get the chemo out um, by sweating and peeing and uh, and breathing. Um, that's the way that it actually uh, you know goes through your blood system and, and does its thing. And then the radiation was obviously to shrink. Um, the tumor, and then you did another set of uh, of chemo, but then you had the surgery where they actually did the removal of the full. The surgery uterus. was first. Oh, they did that first, and then you're doing this after post. Okay, I didn't. Yep. I didn't to make sure, even though, so when they did the hysterectomy, they removed five lymph nodes, and all my lymph nodes came back fine, but they wanted to take the precaution to go ahead and do this radical treatment because of the amount of cancer that I had in my body. Right. They, they don't know when they remove from surgery, if they've gotten it all, all the, even the baby microcells and all that. So I, I, I've been there when I, they took out, you know, and, and uh, all the cancer out of my abdomen and pelvis and then poured hot chemotherapy in there, which was radical, you know, in March of 18 and still kind of a crazy surgery. So, all right. So now you're, you're healing and you're repairing after that, because yeah. this is all happening in a six month period. And so what, and what it was a 10 month period. Okay. So what, what, what happens next? Um, then they sent me back into the world, right? Like, just like, you're done. Hey, all, all your treatment is done. You, you go back into the world. But while, while I was going through all, all of that, I incorporated a whole bunch of alternative wellness modalities. And I had a frank conversation with my oncologist. I'm like, listen, I, I want to do, I want to do aromatherapy. I want to do herbalism. I want to do flower essences. I want to do, he's like, you can stop right there. As long as you don't put it in your mouth, I don't care what you do. So. I said, okay, so no, no, no teas, no herbal teas. He said, no. And I said, why? And he said, because it may counteract the chemotherapy. And I was like, okay. But that to me was enough alignment with what I wanted. Like, because I feel you have to have your whole entire medical team has to be in alignment with you, right? You don't want anybody mourning you while you're standing there. You don't want people giving you expiration dates. Obviously, you want them to be honest with you, but your mindset is such a huge part of your recovery, of you, of, of your transitioning through this trauma time. Right. So I, I, I agree. I will tell you that when I went through uh, my first cancer in 1989-1990, the talk of holistic medicine and mindset wasn't there. You know, before the internet, before we had cell phones and before we really had computer use, wasn't there. This time around, you know, uh, you know, 20, 
six years later, much more, much more uh, open, uh, not all doctors, but, but doctors to that. Um, and, and we, the patients living on the front lines, I will tell you that, um, you know, we, we, we were using THC gummies to uh, combat nausea, uh, you know, appetite and sleep uh, way before the doctors actually then said, oh, that's an okay idea. <laughs> you know, we're doing things that we got to solve first. Uh, sometimes. So uh, sometimes they don't come along as soon, but I'm glad you got alignment with your doctor that it, it helps when you're on the same team and you're pulling the same way. So I'm glad that, that helped. Now tell me about this statement here. And I know it's the name of your podcast as well. Um, the the power pantaloons and tell me how Wonder Woman plays a role in this. Every day I had just one item on my to-do list and that was, I visualized putting on a pair of Wonder Woman's underwear because Wonder Woman doesn't die. So that was me, the active physical representation of me deciding to live every day, right? Yeah, so like, it's powerful, right? And there were days that definitely didn't happen, but I would say like 98, 99% of the reason um, the days I did actually manage to do that. And because my, uh, survival rate was about 5%, I credit this one activity with 95% of the reason I made it through. Wow. So that was your mindset. That was your visualization. And you are basically saying, you know, uh, I'm putting on Wonder Woman's underwear. Okay. And that's going to basically, that's amazing. Really. Um, yeah. You know, I think about it, uh, you know, of me putting on my men's depends, my big boy pants, you know, uh, before I go, uh, you know, on a big trip or something like that. But you were putting on Wonder Woman's pants, your big girl pants there. And, and that carried you through. That's 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 mindset. That's that that really is. Yeah. That's mental toughness. Uh, but that's visualization that you transformed into your own version of Wonder Woman. I, I applaud that. Yeah, absolutely. That's and beautiful. we all do. Right. Everybody who gets this diagnosis makes a decision, whether they make it overtly or, or subconsciously, and how they handle everything in their treatment and depends on that one decision, right? Like, you know that some people choose not to be an active participant in their treatment. I've seen it happen. Yeah, that's, that's it's true. sad, but you can't control that decision for somebody else. You can only work on your own. Absolutely. So now carry me forward. So some of the, the, the big lessons that, um, that uh, you took away and, and carried forward. Nothing puts you in a state of gratitude for all of the time you have left faster than having an expiration date put in your face. No, nothing gets you clearer with who you are, what you want in life, and what kind of person you want to be faster than a death sentence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll take a quick time out and say, uh, you know, uh, we got cancer screen week coming up in uh, December 4th through the 9th. Go get screen, go get, you know, go get checked. You're not your optimal you if you, uh, if you don't. So, and, and we put it off during COVID. So the ability to get your, uh, um, your mammogram, go get your uh, prostate checked if you're a guy, go get your colonoscopy, right? Go, go to your lady doctor, uh, you know, go to the dentist, right? You know, please, please go check, get your checks, take care of seriously self-care and self-love. So I, I would agree with that. 
And so uh, you, you walk alongside of, uh, of cancer patients, uh, caregivers and their families. Tell me about how that evolved. So last year I ended up with another cancer scare and walking through that, it sort of was like a light bulb moment for me. Like I felt like divinity was like, excuse me, ma'am, we gave you all of this intimate knowledge on how to help somebody transition through this devastating diagnosis and you're not doing anything with it. And I was like, ah, yes. All right. About that. So we're going to do something about that. And I started my podcast and I started working with survivors and caregivers, building mindset, uh, building their support networks, building boundaries, like because some people just have to be politely excused from your life because they're not in alignment with where you are as a person, whether they can't handle your diagnosis or whatever the reason is, it's time for them to be away for a little while or forever, right? Like you make those decisions and then to how to listen to your body to intuitively choose what kind of alternative wellness modalities that you want to use while you in addition to what your oncologist is telling you to do, because I think mind, body, spirit, they have to be together because it is a, it's a disease that ravages your mind, body, and spirit. So you have to use all of the tools in your toolbox to, uh, oh, to work 100%. through it. Uh, use all the tools in your toolbox. I, I would say that um, it's really important to have someone be able to walk alongside uh, of you. And, um, I, you know, being that I'm in the colon cancer space I, at Colon Town, that's what we do with patients, caregivers, and families. Um, and we get, make sure that you're, you're educated as a patient and, uh, you actually have the support that you need. Um, and, and, and that's important because that's what you do as well. And, and that's a form of mentorship and it's a really, uh, it's a very important skill. Um, but I have to tell you that when I came into colon cancer, I didn't know anything, but I was already a cancer veteran. When I did lymphoma in 1989, 1990, I was a deer in the headlights. I really didn't know what was going on. This time around, I, I, I was still a deer in the headlights, but I, my, my learning curve was much faster. Um, and you know who I reached out to is people that were 5, 10, 15 steps ahead of me, all right, that had already walked that path. Now, I wasn't going to walk the same path necessarily, but similar path. And they were telling me kind of what to expect and how to deal with things and how to get educated. Um, and that was invaluable uh, because uh, instead of it being a big mystery uh, or something that's just a big black hole or fear, I was able to then use their knowledge to, to make better decisions. Um, and there were just days that they called me and I just didn't get out of bed. And they were like, yeah, you're getting out of bed and you're walking the dog. And then you're having a bite of egg and cheese, and then you can go back to bed. <laughs> um, yes. And so they were mini cheerleaders uh, as well. Uh, and uh, that's important. And I do that as well, like you. Um, I do that still. I, I still, I, I, I deal mostly with uh, a lot of men in the colorectal cancer space, but um, they all want to get to where we are, right? We want to get to yeah. no evidence of disease or remission. And that, that's, that's the end game is to get your life back. Yes. Now that's a survivorship's a whole nother thing, right? To get your, uh, to, to be able to then put the pieces of your life back, uh, you know, your career, your finances, your family, your relationships, that's uh, also a, a whole nother game as well. Uh, so it's, it's really important. So uh, tell me about some of the workshops that you, uh, that you offer. Well, right now what I'm promoting is medical binder, right? So somebody asked me what, what, what did you do with, with, 
chemo brain. And I was like, you know, that's a really good point. So I built myself a medical binder so that every time I went to a new doctor for whatever, right, blood work, all of it was put in there. So when they would ask me, well, what medication are you on? I didn't have to remember it. My portable brain did. It's all there. So that that's one of the things um, that I offer. I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coach coaching. And I am building a course that will be done um, based on the seasons. Okay. I know that sounds a little little odd, but based on the seasons, we're talking about breath work and meditation, uh, connecting with nature, uh, aromatherapy, um, you know, stuff. <laughs> nutrition, nutrition. Let's talk about nutrition for a second. Because for me, like mindset's right here and, and getting your food right is right here because making your body into a, a more alkaline place is super important because cancer can't survive in an alkaline place. So, yeah, I, I think that, that, you know what, they throw so much information at you and to keep track of it is, is a task. So having that binder is really important. Um, uh, my, my caregiver, uh, you know, mom did it the first time and, and, and my wife, uh, Lisa did it the second time, but, um, you got to keep track of it because they ask you the same questions like 500 times. Right. And, um, you got to know your answers and, um, and then getting yourself to a place of uh, good physical activity, good sleep, good nutrition is all part of the equation. And also I have a thing that I call my happy place. My happy place happens to be the stress-free zone on the basketball court. Lots of people, you got to find that place where you're, you, you don't feel like a cancer patient. Um, so it could be cooking, it could be travel, it could be music, it could be art, it could be meditation. I don't place judgment on that. Find one. So find a happy place and you should definitely go there. Um, no, very, very important uh, to do that. And um, listen, you know, when you're in treatment, right, of chemotherapy you know, and you're or in radiation or you've just had surgery, you've got to allow yourself chances to heal. That, that healing is, is really, 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 really important. The other thing is, is that we live in the cancer world, at least I know you and I do, is that the stage four cancer world is not kind. So people die all the time. And it's not that they didn't have a will to live. It's just that their cancer burden became too great and God called them uh, you know, to heaven. And so uh, that is a part of, unfortunately, the world that we both work in uh, each day. It's hard. It is hard. It yeah. is hard. Um... What, um, so... Uh, it's it's this is it's, it's really a, a great service that you offer um how, how do um how are people responding when when you see them because you have to keep it private but you're you're seeing people grow yes. from one baby step to to big to big big steps huh well you know helping somebody at the beginning which is mindset right finding their own version of wonder woman whether it's batman or their grandmother because she you know was the most stubborn person on the planet right like so once you find the the person or the essence of the happiness or the strength or whatever it is that you think that you need to get through this helping them discover which role model has that and then how to just don that so grandma's apron you like go get an apron. Like you can physically go get an apron that represents that, or you could just visualize it. And it's remarkable to see how, the, how easy it becomes for people to do that. Yeah, no, no, really, really, really important. Wow. Well, here we go. This is the, the part of the show 
that I want to actually shine the spotlight on you. This is the Shining Brightly Spotlight. For those of you listening, I have my white magnetic glasses on and I'm shining it on Tanya. And I would love to, to tell people how they should best get a hold of you. And I know you have a freebie for the audience to uh, take advantage of. And then wrap up the show with some inspiration for us and uh, then throw it back to me. Sure. So you can reach me at Linktree slash Tanya Belarge. And it's right behind me. So L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash T-O-N-Y-A-B-A-I-L-L-A-R-G-E-O-N. That's how you get a hold of me. Um, what was the next question? I've already forgotten. <laughs> That's okay. You, uh, you, you, you have a, a, a giveaway. Oh, yes, I do. So um, I have a giveaway that is the two essential oils that I used while I was going through chemo every day and that you absolutely should use, um, not only for stress reduction and, and anxiety release, but actually to, to help keep you in a calmer state. So that's the thing that I will be giving you today. That's awesome. So we'll make sure those links are uh, in there and they can get to your website and now uh, be able to, uh, to, to get a hold of you. Share some inspiration with me. Inspire us. Uh, so whether whether you think that Confucius said it or Henry Ford said it, because they both said it, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's, wow. you know, that like, that is my favorite quote. And that really, like the, the mindset piece, that that's where it comes from for me. Yeah, yeah. No, Just decide. Amazing. Well, first of all, 17 years uh i'm at four so i'm i'm behind you a little bit but we're, we're, we're with you together uh congratulations on that congratulations also that you're helping so many uh you know cancer patients caregivers and families take the next step i think that's the most important thing so this has been the shining brightly podcast show i'm howard brown you can get a hold of me at uh, shiningbrightly.com learn about uh, my podcast here my speaking, uh, and also uh, my advocacy and my book uh, as well. And um, I just, you know, the lesson that I share with everyone is that if we try to shine brightly just a little bit each day for ourselves, for others, and our communities, the world will be a better place. Thanks for watching and listening. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.